Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. There are so many episodes that I want to make all at once that we're going to condense two of them. Got a lot of emails this week about two particular things that I think are going to transition us well in discussing our core values and standards for living. Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. There's so many things that I want to talk to you about today. Uh, well, not today, but there's just so many different episodes that I want to make that I'm not sure where to start. Uh, so we're just going to kick it off with... Uh, a little bit of a mix mash of two. I had one all set up and then we went and did something different last week, but I do have a quick question that I want to answer. Uh, I, I tend to get emails in bunches and sometimes they have a theme and, and the theme that was on the bunches of emails this past week was this whole idea of parenting to power and less severe, more repeatable consequences and someone asking, you know, hey, I heard you don't believe in uh, discipline. I want to be really clear, that's not accurate. I actually do believe in discipline. I don't believe punishment, but in those words can be interchangeable. You know, what do they mean? And there should be consequences for behavior. I just think we constantly want to look for the least severe consequences to start and allow them to grow from there maybe. But start with the idea of of, of teaching the child to respond by processing, not respond by, oh man, if I do this, these are, there are these bad consequences. In making the decision, I want to teach my kids to make the decision based off of what is right or wrong. And this is really hard because really what I want them to do is I want them to make the decision based off of what is wisdom. What's the wise thing to do here? Because I can't think of a time where doing something that is wise would be wrong. And, and so I hope that makes sense. And I got another theme of emails about like, hey, uh, I don't feel fulfilled at work. What do I do? And invariably, I always ask people, well, that's, that's a very complicated, I always say to people, that's a very complicated answer often. If, if you're single with no kids, not, not a lot of bills, it's probably a little bit less complicated. If you have a significant other, it gets more complicated. And the more layers of people you add to your life, the more complicated that will become because you obviously have responsibilities. And while responsibilities is a dirty word in 2021, uh, and passion seems to be the popular word, responsibilities is still a really cool word to live your life by. Uh, and, and so one of the things I always tell people is, you know, you have to decide, can you make equal money doing what you're doing? Well, the money isn't everything. I agree, but if you're accustomed to a lifestyle, brutal acceptance of what is says that most people really struggle to decrease their spending. If you can do it, awesome. My bigger question is, why are you unfulfilled in your work? Do you, do you not provide find the work necessary? Uh, you know, do you not find the work meaningful? Like, why don't you find fulfillment in your work? But then on top of that, the other side of that coin is, is what opportunities, privileges, what kind of freedom does that work provide for you? So I know of a guy who has a very... Uh, good paying job that he does not like, but it provides him freedom pre-COVID to travel to Africa two or three times a year and, and do things there that he finds to be very meaningful. 
And he's not probably going to find that freedom in another job. So for him, doing the job is just, it's the 45 hours a week that he spends to be able to do what he wants to do in Africa, the thing that he's passionate about. Which I actually think, uh, I actually think that that highlights something that's probably where we're going to camp out most of today. And that is, we don't know what we're passionate about. And typically the things that we're passionate about don't really matter. Right? They just don't. Like your fantasy sports team, baseball, football, it just doesn't matter. I, I love Facebook memories and I've been scrolling through mine and it a lot of my memories talk about all the drafts that I did. And look, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with doing them. But if that's the thing that you're most passionate about, that's not very meaningful. Uh, if, if you're most passionate about your sports team, that's not very meaningful. If you're most passionate about politics, that's probably not very meaningful. It's probably not very fulfilling, right? And so one of the questions I always have for people, well, if you could just go do anything, what would it be and why? Like if you could just spend some time doing anything, what would it be? And I, I look, I hate it when this question's asked of me, I took a public speaking course and one of the, one of the things that they offered was coaching and the coach said, well, if you could speak in any venue, what would it be? I'm like, I'd speak anywhere. He's like, no, 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 you have to narrow it down. Okay, well, I don't know. So I had to spend some time really wrestling with what would I do if I could just take 10 hours a week and I was guaranteed that as long as I spent it doing this thing, it wouldn't count towards my overall hours for the week. What would I do? What are the things that you just get excited about, that you want to talk about, that you want to engage people in conversations about, that you're excited to learn about and share that learning with people? These will indicate some of your passions. These will indicate some of the things that bring you joy. I love helping people get healthy. I love helping people move from a place of unhealth to a place of health, or maybe from a place of health to a place of health, more healthiness. I'm not all into the, hey, drink these shakes and work this exercise program, and it'll be better. There are people that are passionate about that, and that's okay. One of the things that, that we're, I feel like we're constantly trying to do in our society is we're trying to run down other people's passions. And I'm more interested in what's your passion? What is the thing that you're chasing? What is the thing that you're most interested in becoming? Because now we're talking about goals. And once we start having goals, then we can look back and say, okay, would this activity actually contribute to me achieving my goal or it wouldn't? I spoke a few weeks ago uh, to a, a college class about brand and marketing. And one of the things that I think is important, especially for small businesses, is you have to decide what's your personal brand, what's your personal marketing. And people are like, well, I'm not something brand and marketing. No, actually you are. Even if it's just to yourself, you're branding and marketing yourself. And once you do that, then you can say no. Once you understand your mission of this is what I'm trying to achieve, you can say no to a ton of things and it's okay. One of the things in our society is people struggle to say no because they don't understand their own brand and their own marketing. And their own brand and their own marketing is I have to help everybody because if I don't, they won't love me. And if they don't love me, I don't have worth. That's bad marketing. That's bad self-marketing. And so you have to lean into, what am I doing? What is it that I'm chasing? And I talk about this all the time, being intentional. But before we actually figure out what we're chasing, or we have to decide what do we want to chase? Because sometimes we're chasing things that we don't want to chase. Sometimes you're just chasing a paycheck. 
and you think you're chasing freedom or you think you're chasing purpose. And, and so you have to kind of figure out what is it that I want to be chasing. And this is actually one of the things a number of weeks ago we put up uh, on, our, uh, on our company page. We put up, I think, six things to do uh, for, for lifelong improvement. And the first one was to define your core values and guiding principles. And so one of the ways that we define what are we going to chase is we define what are our core values and guiding principles. This is why when I answer parenting questions or relationship questions, I try to often, I off, I try to always, I think I often achieve it, uh, not always, but I try to always answer from a principles-based uh, answer. What is the principle that answers this question? What are your core values? So like if you think about back earlier to just this episode when I was talking about parenting, one of my guiding principles, a core value and guiding principle is least severe, more repeatable. So then I have to kind of ask myself when I come up with a consequence, is this least severe and more repeatable? When it comes to marriage, everyone wants to be heard, valued, and safe. And a lot of my wife's discussions with me and my discussions with her will revolve around that idea of, okay, I'm not feeling heard here, or I don't feel heard here, or I feel valued here, but I don't there. And how do we take that principle and run it into our lives? So the question becomes for you is how do you define your core values and your guiding principles? What is it that you are looking to shape your life with? Right. So I enjoy the beach. If I'm picking a vacation, I want sand and water. But I also enjoy mountains, but I don't like cold. One of my core values is I'm going to avoid cold. On vacations, at least. Not where I live in Michigan, but at least on my vacations. And and so, what are your core values? There are people who one of their core values is charity, and they give things away. There are people who one of their core values is charity, and they want a core value to be doing it quietly, but they don't actually achieve that. This comes back to the what are you chasing versus what you want to chase. And so you have to define your core values. One of the things that I often ask people who are pro spanking, is it okay to hit someone else? And they'll give me all, I'm like, no, that's a yes or no question. And if that's a core value of yours, I'm going to suggest that you're either going to have to define other core values with mitigating circumstances, or you're going to have to change how you parent. And people get mad at me. I get it. People have stopped listening to this show and they've written to tell me that they're just sick of hearing about the anti-spanking. We need tougher kids, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. That's fine. You can have it. If your core value is I should be able to spank my kids, that's awesome. Go, go. Do, well, I can't say that's awesome, but that's your core value. I'm not going to live it. So you have to define what are your core values. So you should take some time. I would encourage you to do this regularly. Take some time to ruminate on your core values. And almost everybody has the time. I often hear, I don't have time. Turn the radio off in the car. Turn this podcast off in the car. You you know, one of the things, so one of my core values with my kids is that when they're in the car with me, I'm not on my phone. I'm not listening to the radio. I'm not listening to audiobooks, which is mostly how I spend my time in the car, listening to audiobooks or podcasts. So the other day, my kids are going with me. I'm almost down to the end of the book. Uh, they're, they're riding with me into Grand, our Grand Rapids office. And I didn't turn on the book because a core value is we're going to talk. And it might be about nothing. Like we talked about really nothing of consequence. But I believe 
that quantity, or excuse me, quality comes out of quantity. And you'll hear people be like, well, we don't have much time together, but the time we spend together is really quality. Well, okay, that might be true, but most of the time my experience says that quality time comes out of a quantity of time. And so I'm going to spend a lot of time talking with my kids about things that I probably won't remember the conversation and neither will they. But by doing that, I will create opportunities where we can talk about things that do matter. My wife and I went on a date last weekend because we haven't been able to be on one forever with just us because of COVID and and the restrictions about that. It's been very difficult to find date times. And one of our guiding principles for our marriage is that we spend time away regularly, that we are on regular dates. So spend some time ruminating about your core values. Take some time. It'll be, it might be difficult at first to find the time, but then we know that one of the things that is one of your core values is taking time to figure out what your core values are. And so take some time, write down, these are the guiding principles for my life. And they're going to change, they're going to morph, they're going to grow over time. But what are the things that are driving my life? What are the things that I want to drive my life? Those two lists may not be the same, but if you can say, these are my guiding principles, these are my core values, you'll have a metric. And one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest reasons that we don't find meaning in life is because we don't have a metric for what it is we're doing. A metric provides you the opportunity to answer the why question. Why are we doing this? Whatever it is you're doing, why are you doing it? And then does that match what your core values are or what you believe your core values are? Does that match your guiding principles? And and this can be a very humbling experience because what happens is as we start to explore this, we realize, oh man, this right here is not reflective of something that I want to be one of my core values. And we have to make changes. And so after you spend a few minutes, hopefully on the regular, defining your core values and your guiding principles, some of those hopefully will be good character habits. And so step two is practice good character habits. Well, what are those? Well, how about kindness? One of the things that I often, I, I often ponder, which, which terrifies me, is there is a therapist that's well-known in our field. Uh, he's, he's internationally famous. He even has his own island, I believe. Uh, and, and his company did research on text messages And they could determine who the other person's spouse was or significant other based purely on the text. And it wasn't because of the I love yous and the kind words. It was actually because of the others, because of the the negative interactions. And, And so, you know, hopefully one of our good character habits that's a core value is kindness. And I think about this a lot because I tend to have a contrary... Uh, spirit, if you will. Like if I hear something, I can often think of two or three, like, eh, I don't know about that or this. And and I I'm I can even point it out. I think it's one of the things that is actually a strength when I do therapy is is we can just call whatever it is it, it is. Like, hey, you said this and you're doing this and that doesn't match. And at the same time, I want to measure, am I being as kind as possible? Am I being generous? So one of my core values, my guiding principles is generosity, which is a good character habit. So I have very specific ways that I measure that. Am I investing in other people's lives intentionally? Am I investing in their lives, not just financially, but are there people that I'm investing in their lives with my, with my life, with my energy, with my words, with my uh, emotions? And these are not clients. These are people outside of that realm. Am I investing in them? And am I living up to that good character habit? 
And you don't have to have a long list. Just pick two or three and work on them. What does it mean to be more kind? Maybe at the grocery store. And I talked earlier uh, this year about the difference between kindness and niceness. They're not the same thing. Kindness is a desire to be as gracious as possible in calling you to have the best character that you can have. And so sometimes that means I have to say things that are hurtful in the kindest way possible. So are you practicing good character habits? As you do these and as you look at your values and your guiding principles, your passions are going to bubble up. Because remember, that's what started this whole conversation today. I I tend to get a lot of emails like, hey, I'm not fulfilled at work. I'm not fulfilled in life. I'm not... I don't feel passionate about what I'm doing. Well, let's let's look at a process to help you find some of that. And the first thing is, what is your guiding principles? What are your core values? What are your good character habits that you're living out? You will struggle to find meaning if more of your behavior falls in the negative character habits than it does into the good character habits. That is true. There are people that they just get caught up doing things that are self-protective but are that are actually negative and they know it and then they get caught in shame and then in order to soothe that shame they get caught in more negative habits and it becomes a way of life and it seems very daunting to overcome that. And I always say to them, don't, don't fix it all at once. Just pick one or two good habits that you think you need to work on and do them. There was a famous, I think it was a YouTube video, I don't know, there was a famous video that ran around of, a, of an admiral from the Navy talking at Texas University. And he said, you know, do little things well. Make your bed well every morning. Just make that a habit. And then build on it. And that's the thing. We want you to look for good character habits that, that move you, that in order to do them, they force you to engage into your core values and your principles that you want to guide your life so that your passions will bubble up. And so I'm very intentional about my friendships. Very, If I call you friend, I want you to know that that is something that I intentionally do because I don't have a lot of time. There's not a lot of time in my day. By the time I'm done working my businesses, spending time with my wife and my kids who they're first above everybody else, and then self-improvement, there just isn't a, not a lot of time to have like all these friends. I just don't have that kind of time. So the people that I am friends with, I'm very particular about, which is, is the third thing uh, or, or the third principle here that I want you to consider. Are the people in your life quality people? Do you spend time with quality people only? Do you spend time with people who enhance your life? Now, look, there's a little bit of a, of a caveat here. My wife and I were talking about this. I'm not talking about the people that you're trying to move along, but even them, like I don't tend to mentor people who purposely engage in negative habits, who purposely engage in, in others' destructive behaviors. I was talking to a guy just last night, and he was talking about how he's been trying to mentor this guy. Uh, they, they have like this circle of friends that have been together for a long time, and, and one, of the, one of them went rogue and kind of blew up. And he's like, and I... I think I'm done reaching out to him. And so I was like, awesome, tell me more about that. And he's like, well, I feel like he doesn't actually want to change. And now he's lying to me about the stuff that he's doing. Like he's telling me he's doing things that we've talked about that are necessary for change, but he's not actually doing them. So I'm going to kind of tell him until you're ready to change, I need to put this barrier or this boundary between us. I was like, dude, that's, that's really wise. I think that's a good decision because you have to decide, are you spending time with quality people? I really, truly believe you will become 
the average of the people you spend the most time in your life. And you probably only have five. You, that's probably max. The five people that you devote the most energy to and take in the most energy from, you're going to become the average of them. And so there are people, there are people in, in my area that they're very popular. I don't want to be their friend. I don't want to be their friend. In fact, I wonder why they're very popular. It doesn't make sense to me. There are people that are really stressed over whether or not they talk to them. Why? Do you have quality people in your life? That's a yes or no question. If you don't, put quality people in your life. If the people in your life aren't quality, here's the hard thing to say. Move them out. Move them out. One of the things that my wife and I have learned that makes us laugh is people don't like hanging out with counselors. In fact, one of our friends actually told us, we were out a couple weeks ago, and one of our friends said, oh, I told my group of girlfriends that we were going out to dinner with you guys, and they were like, wait, you go out with counselors? So we expect that, but there are people that purposely hide what's going on in their lives. Sometimes it's because no one's ever taught them what dealing with shame looks like. Often it's because they're trying to hide something that they don't want to give up and they know is destructive. And if you join with them, you're going to end up with some level of destruction in your life. So the third principle is just look at the people in your life. Are they quality people? Do they match your core values? Do they match your guiding principles? It will be very difficult to have someone in your core group of people that doesn't share the majority of your core values. Now, I want to be clear on this. Politics are not core values. Politics are usually the means by which we achieve our core values, but they're not core values. And so the idea that, well, you're, you know, you're a Democrat, I'm a Republican, we can't be friends. I think that's stupid. I, I actually think that's beyond stupid. I'm just, I, I've made a commitment to not say those types of words in this show that, of what I think it is. Well, you know, you're, you're a Republican. I'm a Democrat. We can't be friends. What? What? What about your personal core values that drive your own personal growth? How many of those match? If you want to be ambitious, but you have lazy friends, there's a far better chance that you're going to end up lazy. And part of the problem is in 2021, we're not allowed to say things like this. It's considered, uh, you know, it's considered some sort of, of taboo if we say this type of thing. But I want to point out to you something that I believe is vitally important. If you can't label and judge something against your own core values, your opportunity for self-growth is almost non-existent. I'm going to say that again. If you can't label and judge something, your opportunity for self-growth is almost non-existent. Now, here's the thing. I believe there should be a difference between my, me being able to label and judge something against my core values and me placing value on that thing. So I'm not saying that people that I choose to not have deep friendships with, that they're not valuable. I'm just saying that my plate is full, and in order to maintain the relationships that I have at the level that I want them at, I can't bring you in. I don't know how to bring you in into that fold. Because quite frankly, as much as we want to pretend, well, that's just something that never ends. That's not true. There's just not enough time in the day. There's not enough emotional energy in my cup. I spend hours a week listening to people. When I'm done, I have to be very choosy about the people that I spend hours with. I have to. I have to be very choosy about the people that I'm mentoring. There's a cap to it. And it's pretty low. Because I can only afford to spend time with quality people. 
I can't afford to spend time with people who are sitting around griping and complaining about how they didn't get the results for something they didn't actually try for. I cannot sit around and spend time with people who are always telling me how things can't be done because I'm not interested in that narrative. I'm happy to hear how they haven't been done or how hard it will be. As long as when we say, well, that's going to be really hard, we're not using it as an excuse to not do it. Spend time with quality people only. Which brings me to the fourth one. Maintain the highest standards possible. Maintain the highest standards possible. Now look, there's going to be different people in your lives. There's going to be different events. You're going to go to a job that you don't like all the time. But what are your standards? Now look, notice, I want you to notice there's some symmetry here. We started with what are your core values and your guiding principles? Define them. And we're ending with maintain high standards because that's how you implement those guiding principles and core values. High standards. Number of years ago, I set a goal to see, I think, 35 clients a week, uh, to average seeing 35 clients a week. And I got to the end of the year and I was doing the numbers. I think it was the beginning of the year, January of the next year. And I got to 34.3. And the guy that was sitting next to me was a friend of mine. We were talking. He's like, oh, you made it. I'm like, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. He's like, I would just give me 35. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't. 34.3, you round that down to 34. I was one short. Well, I would just give it to me. Yeah, but that's not high standards. And and I want to talk to the people who are bitter with people who have done things that they, they haven't. You can either sit around and make excuses or you can hold yourself to high standards. And that's what this is about. This isn't about other people and holding them to high standards. It's about holding yourself to high standards. So there are times that I could give myself a hall pass for yelling at my kids because they're being, you know, insolent. Nope. That actually makes me think of a story a number of years ago, you know, Facebook. I talk about Facebook a lot. I guess I'm of the generation that uses it. There were some people from, from college that we connected, and I was just starting to kind of uh, wrestle with the idea that I might not be pro-spanking. And I, I, was, I was in grad school, and I come from a, a very authoritarian culture, a very... Uh, a very authoritarian culture where, where there are certain people that they are the word and you do not question them. And, and sometimes it's because of their role, like, you know, what they do for a living. Sometimes it's because of their role in the family. Uh, and not everybody in my past bought into that, but certainly a lot of people did. And th- this one guy who I knew tangentially in college, he, he became a pastor in this culture, which a pastor is one of the roles that is very... Uh, authoritarian. They get to kind of say and do whatever. And quite frankly, the church universal, which is a theological term, but they're seeing the results of this in in all the people that are uh, coming up just having done horrible things. I'm thinking of of Bill Hybels and Ravi Zacharias. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you you don't know what I'm talking about, I, I would say don't Google them because it's awful, but I've probably piqued your interest enough that you will. Uh, but but so I, I put something up on Facebook about, hey, here's an inconsistency that I think is in the pro-spanking movement. And he answered, and I was like, yeah, but what about this? And he said, oh, I didn't know you wanted to be insolent. And I got to be honest with you, that comment bugged me. And he acted like I should just accept his answer because, I, I guess, because he's somebody's pastor. 
I delete that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm just being as intentional as I can. In fact, Facebook has stopped recommending people to me. Now they just recommend public figures, which is fine. So if we're Facebook friends, know that that's intentional. I, I look at that because you're going to get some of my energy. But people who just come from this authoritative blah, 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 I'm going to decide pretty quickly, are you a quality person that I want speaking in my life at all, or are you a person that I want out of my life? And part of that is I come from trauma. I have experienced trauma in my life that has honed some of my alerts, some of my red flags, and they kick off. Now, there are other people that I'm like, you know what? I don't like this person, but people that I trust do. And so I try to build a relationship with them enough that I can have a better understanding of what's going on in their life. But I always maintain my same standards. There's actually criteria that I go through in my head and in my journal for the amount of energy that I will allow people to speak into my life and for the amount of energy that I will speak into others' lives. I will use speaking into other people's lives. Because I want to maintain the highest standards possible. When it comes to being a counselor, I want to be the best. You will not outwork me. I promise you, because I will maintain that standard. You will not outmarket me because we will maintain that standard. And I'm not even comparing myself to you. I want to be really clear on that. I, one of the phrases that I picked up years ago, I don't remember who said it to me. It's not original with me, but I absolutely love it. My standard isn't who you are. I'm not competing against you. I'm competing against who I was yesterday. And I want today's me to be better than yesterday's. Period. And in order to achieve that, I have to chase the highest standards possible. I have to chase after them passionately. And as I chase these high standards, my passions for the things that I find meaningful in life will come out. I just journaled this past weekend about how I'm not making progress on the books that I want to write like I should. And I put down a bunch of possibilities for why. And we're going to start checking them off. Because I need to ask myself, is this something that I'm really passionate about? And if it is, what are the highest standards that I can maintain to achieve it? All right, so define your core values and your guiding principles. Practice good character habits. Spend time with quality people only. And maintain the highest standards. If you can't maintain high standards, your core values don't really matter much. All right, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you find these values and these, these uh, guiding principles to be valuable to your life. If so, please share it with your friends on social media. And uh, let me know what you think. Send me an email, joe at joemartino.com. Feel free to put podcast subject in the, uh, in the subject line or podcast in the subject line so that I know it's about that. And I will be happy to uh, interact at that level if I can. If there's any questions that you have, any future episodes, let me know about them. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.